With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 3 Fan. I'm Alex Chester, and with me is always looking at Hicker. Kiva, how are you doing today? Oh boy, if people only knew how we were doing. Yeah, <laughs> The uh, pre-podcast chatter, not so happy today. <laughs> no, it's a little depressing. I don't think we should get into it. Yeah, probably not. But, um, you know, last week we took a break from uh, ranking the top 100 movies of the last 25 years to uh, rank every single song in the in the hit Broadway play Hamilton, and that went over so well, I thought this week, why don't we rank every song in like every off-off Broadway uh, musical going right now? Yeah, that's a great idea. Our last six viewers just to shut off their phones. And... We always call them viewers, but I'm pretty sure they're listeners. Yeah, well, I like I like to think they just sit there staring at the screen as the seconds tick by. <laughs> There's no uh... picturing us. So who would play us in the movie? So didn't somebody say you would be Andy Kimler, or Andy Kimler would be Akiva? Really? I don't even remember now. You IM'd me and said that because you're mentioning on the Seinfeld podcast that somebody had tweeted at you and said Andy Kimmler could play Akiva. And I don't think it's a terrible call. Although, as I responded in the tweet, I said Andy Kimmler's a nicer guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. All right. Okay. So why don't we get going? Let's, uh, we got 50 movies to go. I don't know if we're going to get all 50 today, but we'll do our best. We also want to thank the, uh, the listeners who keep submitting lists. We got another three lists over the last week, even though we, uh, we didn't really discuss it too much last week. So we, uh, we have almost as many lists as we had for the TV shows, which is impressive because the movie list is much, much harder to make. Yeah, uh, yeah. The TV list, I feel like, is an obligation. You sort of like have to do it. Yeah. The movie list, there's just, you know, TV shows, like, you almost have to, like, stretch to find, like, 100 TV shows that you've truly watched. Whereas yeah. with movies, you know, anyone who's listening to this has seen hundreds of movies. So you really yeah. have to figure out a way to, to narrow it down. Yeah, and if you, if you need to uh, review, Akiva did tweet out, and maybe we'll uh, send out that link again, the 50 movies that each of us have ranked so far, from 100 to 51. So your 51st movie was Happy Gilmore, right? So tell me, what, what movie do you have one spot ranked, one spot higher than Happy Gilmore? All right, so I have another comedy. I have uh, Super Bad, which probably isn't as funny as Happy Gilmore, but I th- it's a much better movie. I, I'm not sure I agree. It's, it's much more relatable. I think this was a movie that... Well, I mean, I was, you know, some of our listeners probably were teenagers at the time it came out and thought it really spoke to them. For me, I was a little bit older. It came out in 2007, so I would have been 24. Mm. But I turned to my wife and said, this exactly tell, this is what it was like you know, for me 10 years ago. Sure. Yeah, I have that movie higher on my list. I have it all the way up at number 28. And a lot of our listeners are fans of Superbad. Jonah Hill, Michael Cera, and McLovin are so great. But then, like, you have The Cops with Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. Emma Stone is really good. I don't know if that's, like, the first thing she ever did. But, like, there's a lot of really, like, uh, likable, 
you know, interesting characters in this movie. Yeah, we have two of our listeners. Benji Glowinski has this as the number five movie on his list. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, Michael Clark has it at number eight. So people have this as a top ten movie. Yeah, I would need to watch this movie again and see like how well it holds up now. Oh, I've seen it a few times. I, well, I've seen it start to finish probably only once or twice, but I've seen bits and pieces. Very, It's one of those movies, again, if it's on TV, I'm going to stop and watch for half an hour. Okay, I, I agree. That's why it's number yeah. 50. You know, McLovin is still known as McLovin, uh, you know, when he's getting in fights with uh, baseball players and whatnot on Twitter. Yeah, it's so. annoying because, like, if you're Jason Alexander and you get typecast as George Costanza, like, fine, you made millions and millions of dollars. Like, McLovin got paid 20 grand for this movie and now can't get another role. I don't think he's complaining. But, well, maybe he is. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. All right. What's number 49 on your uh, list? 49, a very different uh, sort of atmosphere than, uh, than Superbad, and that's Brooklyn. Movie came out this year. I just thought it was so well made. To me, it's like a movie that on paper wouldn't interest me at all. But it's such a, like an interesting, like small, like portrayal of what was going on when people were coming over here. Uh, you know, much earlier in the 20th century. What do you think about Brooklyn? We did, we discussed it at end. Yeah, of the we year. talked on our movie rankings movies, for 2015. Yeah, yeah. yeah I liked it. Uh, I will say so. A couple of the most recent submissions that we had of lists was we have a listener named Josh Feynman who sent us a list, and then his wife Avi Gail Feynman sent us a list as well. And it's interesting, their lists really aligned. So actually, I have to say, I like Abigail's list more than Josh's from, from what I saw of it so far. But they both have this movie on their list as well. And Abigail has it at like 52, so she's right about where you are. You know, I liked it. It was a good movie. Uh, it wasn't a movie that, that sticks with me. It wasn't a movie that I have in my top 100. That's fine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, how rewatchable is it? I'm not sure. But I feel like it's, it's almost like a perfectly made movie. Like, it's really... It's well done. There's, really yeah. not, there's not a lot to complain about. Uh, 48, Django Unchained. That is a fun movie to rewatch. Uh, also a flood movie. It's not perfect, but I, it is like a rollicking good time, and I do think uh, it holds up well on the rewatch. I think you're using words like fun and rocking good time a little bit, you know, fast and loose, considering this is a movie where, I mean, slaves have the, 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 the shit beaten out of them. But <laughs> Don't they get their comeuppance? Yeah, it, it's similar, you know, sort of in the way that Inglorious Bastards is like revenge porn for Jews. So this is sort of revenge porn for African-Americans in a sense. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you view yourself as African-American? <laughs> Are you saying because my mother was born in Africa? Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is a movie. I really, really like this movie as well. What do you have? It two spots above Superbad? I have it one spot above Superbad. I have Django Unchained at 27. And a lot of our listeners are huge Tarantino fans. No surprise there, of course. And so... Half of our listeners ranked this movie, including the aforementioned Josh Glowinski has it in the top 20. Bob Phelan has it in the top 30. So a lot of people like Django. All right, number 47, Gangs of New York with your beloved Daniel Day-Lewis. And, and my beloved Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, you could argue that it's like Daniel Day-Lewis's worst role of the last like 30 years, which still is, I mean, still amazing in it. I don't know why, like, Gangs of New York is really a, a great rewatch movie also. It is a really well-made movie. There's something wrong with it, but I'm not totally sure how to articulate it to me gangs of new york is an incredibly underrated movie and the reason i say this because you never really think of it when you think of best movies but then no. you rewatch but you rewatch it it's so good everything so i said my beloved leonardo dicaprio that was sort of a joke because I, you know the first thing yeah, he was in what's eating gilbert grape he was in basketball diaries but the first thing that really exploded leo obviously was titanic which is a movie you've never seen as we've discussed i've never seen and yet in 2010 when i made my list of the best movies of the decade I was shocked to see that Leo starred in six of my top 12 movies. So I don't see myself as a Leo fan, 
but I'm apparently a guy who loves his movies, and if I love his movies, obviously he's doing something right. So, you know, he's good in this movie. As, as we said, Daniel Day-Lewis is good in everything. So this is an underrated movie. When they talk about the Scorsese-DiCaprio combo, this isn't one of the first movies that people mention. You know, it's much less talked about than Departed. For one thing, it's super long. I think it's like three and a half hours or something, yeah. if it's I recall. Also, it has, this movie has more detractors than just about any other serious yeah. movie. We're going we're gonna to talk about the rest of the way. It, yeah. it, you know, it's only 75% of Rotten Tomatoes. Like, there are people who like, legitimately don't like Gangs of New York. Yeah. And, and I think for good movies, Metacritic is much more helpful than Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes just means does somebody give it a thumbs up or a thumb down and then the percentage, right? Yes. Whereas Metacritic actually gives a number. So, you know, especially once you get into movies that everybody likes that are in the 80s and 90s, I think Metacritic is more helpful because, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, you know, who's going to give a, a bad review to a great movie? Only a troll. But, uh, you know, there's good reviews that are 65 and there's good reviews that are 85. But yeah, so I love Gangs in New York. I have it uh, at number 18 on my list. So really, really high up there. Uh, this is a movie that I, that I definitely love. Okay, and 46, someone wrote in, you know, uh, Post Show Recaps, which is the network that my uh, Seinfeld podcast is on, is nominated for two podcast awards including best overall podcast anyway so we did like uh rob did a a, like a road to the podcast awards where like every day would have a different co-host on and they would you know people would submit like voicemail questions or whatever so um my day someone asked uh, and this relates to a number movie number 46 uh which movie would i like to see remade as a television show and uh my number one is uh i actually said uh, a movie we're going to discuss in a few movies, so I'll, I'll talk about that then at 43. But my my number one movie that should be a TV show is Groundhog Day. Having some guy go through like the same thing and just see him navigating it differently every single day, I definitely think that works like uh, long term for a TV well, show. Well, we know that you love the show, uh, the oh early edition, yeah, yeah. which is Ooh, kind of a Kyle, similar concept. We could get Kyle, we could get Kyle Chandler to be, uh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Kyle Chandler in early edition. So I mean, Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Groundhog but it, Day, I think it'd have to be uh, someone with more comedy chops. Has Kyle Chandler ever done any comedy? He's, he's decently funny in Friday Night Lights. He's funny in Wolf of Wall Street, I thought. He plays yeah. the straight man. But So yeah, this is obviously a movie that people love. A.B. Sutton, who's a, uh, definitely a, a, a movie buff, he has it at number four on his list. Yeah. And, and Greg Graham also has it in the top ten. And it, and it shows up in our top 20 cumulatively of our listeners list, but we'll, we'll save that for the end. So this is a movie that a lot of people love. All right, number 45, another serious movie. I don't have too many more of these, like, very serious movies, like Brooklyn 49. But, uh, I, but Brooklyn's, I, I not, think, Brooklyn's a lighthearted movie. There's, more, mm, there's laughs in yeah, Brooklyn. There's no yeah, crying. Well, it's my 45 is very serious. <laughs> okay. I just think it has maybe the best acting performance of any movie on this list, and that's still Alice. I just thought it's such a realistic, like, heartbreaking depiction of Alzheimer's. Have you ever seen Still Alice? You sound, like, uh, no, confused. I, well, no, I, I know what it is, and I know that... She was nominated for Best Actress, but everybody sort of said that she was really good, but the movie wasn't. No, I think the movie is really good. It's not a perfect movie. I think Chris and Stewart's not good, really, in anything. I, I like uh, Alec Baldwin as the husband. Obviously, Julianne Moore, you know, is, is, carries the Are movie. Alec Baldwin and Julianne Moore required to be married in all movies now? Why, have they been married in more than one movie? Well, in 30 Rock, they had a relationship. Right, okay. 44, a Coen Brothers movie. True Grit. What do you think about True Grit? I know you have all the Coen Brothers movies ranked. Where do, you, where do you rank True Grit amongst Coen Brothers movies? I don't have my Coen Brothers rankings handy right now. Okay, but it's not in your top 100 list. It's not in my top 100, and to be honest, I'm trying to remember if I've even seen it. There's a couple of Coen Brothers movies I haven't seen, and I mean Jeff Bridges, Josh Brolin, although that's true for a lot of uh, Coen Brothers movies. I, I don't think I've seen this one, actually. 
All right. So thanks for uh, thanks for your opinion here. Yeah. Terrible job by me. So, yeah, Haley Stanfield is great as the as the girl. And it's her running around with Jeff Bridges. And Matt Damon. It's oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's like 14. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, yeah, simple. I saw this movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. But, but it obviously did not make an impact on me. Oh, OK. Four. That was 44. 43 is a movie I'm sure you've seen unless maybe because you're such a contrarian you haven't. And that's Rounders. The other movie I said would actually uh, they'd make a good TV show out of. Although. ESPN sort of did around like a Vegas poker scene show that wasn't good. What was that show called? The ESPN show? Tilt. The show was called Tilt, the poker one. Yeah, I don't I feel like that. I feel like they die like they stopped making fictional shows after uh after like the NFL killed playmakers. Rounders and Swingers are the two examples to me of movies that have become the most overrated because of Bill Simmons' obsession with them. Sort of among people in our cohort. Well, so here's the thing. Rounders is not so we were talking uh in the you know a previous movie podcast about like which movie the highest percentage of people our age have seen. Yeah. And I think if we reform that that category to like which movie have people our age seen the most, Rounders is definitely in the top five. No, it's not, but it's high. But you I'd know, say Big Lebowski is probably one because people like the Big yeah. Lebowski have seen it like hundreds of times. No, I mean I literally have seen the Big Lebowski a hundred times. I've seen it more than any other movie I've ever seen, for sure. I, I'll put it, I've also I've seen the first half of The Big Lebowski way more times, I would say, because there's been many times I've put it on TV at 3 in the morning and passed that probably. Right. <laughs> Rounders, I, look, I can't trash Rounders. I actually have it higher on my list than you do. But I'm looking, you know, the critics, Rotten Tomato 65, Metacritic 54. So it's a movie that's beloved by our crowd. And also, I think it also, you know, I'm sure like me, I'm sure you played a lot of poker in college, right? Uh, in high school, we played a lot of poker, sure. You know, and, and this was the stage where because the World Series on ESPN, poker, I'm talking about like, you know, 2003, 2004, 2005, when poker was so popular, sort of it reached its height, I think. And so and between poker and Bill Simmons, rounders really became beloved for people our age. Yeah, so if you were a guy in your early 20s then, you definitely saw that movie several times. Right, but but, but Bill Simmons didn't even exist when the movie comes out in 1998. Like, he was, he was not on ESPN well, but I, Yeah, but I didn't see it in theaters in 1998. I saw it for the Right, first. and no Nobody did. No, anybody who tells you they saw Rounders in the theater is a liar because it yeah. made like two cents in the theater. But yeah. we were incredibly early adapters to poker because we we played a lot of poker in high school. And so the fact that there was a poker movie really excited us because there was so little literature or anything. They would show like now they show, you know, a ton from the World Series. They've cut back a little bit just because, you know, I don't think the ratings are there anymore. But they would, you know, back then they would just show a highlight clip of the final table they'd show you like a half hour or an hour of the final table and we would literally send away for like like the 1986 you know world series poker final table just so we could watch poker because it was such a novel idea you know and and to get better there was no online poker yet that really didn't start until later on in our high school year so it was like any information at all like we would pass around the book the theory of poker by david sklansky which was like the like the main yeah. poker like tomb but it oh so you're more hardcore than me so we were very hardcore. So I, because we're early adapters, like I do think, I, I just think like it had nothing. You're giving Simmons a little too much credit there. Well, yeah, and so look, I have it number forty on my list, so just about the same as you. Uh, Jake Larson uh, loves it. He has it number three on his list. Okay. So and I and I assume that Jake is a big time poker player. Well, I know he's good at gambling because he's crushing my uh, my fantasy baseball league this year. Oh, there you go. Uh, Forty two, Pulp Fiction. Oh my God. Forty two. What, what should be one? I have nothing to say about Pulp Fiction. Except that you don't think it's that great, obviously. It's it's great. It's forty. It's the forty second movie of the last of forty second best movie of the last twenty five I mean, years. But you acknowledge that it is in the conversation as the greatest movie of all time. It's in your conversation. No, no, it's not no, in no, my no. conversation at all. I'm, I'm not saying my. It is in the general conversation as the greatest movie of all time. I mean, yeah. If you're going to name like a thousand movies, I no. would say that should yeah, definitely yeah. be one. I'm of not them asking you. I'm saying, can you acknowledge that it is 
by the world at large, by the pop culture writ large, people. Mm-hmm. Do you do, are you not aware of this? Or are you just going to deny its reality? I I think you're slightly overstating it. Well, I think I, I think it's considered a great great movie. I don't think anyone has ever said Pulp Fiction is the finest film ever made. Many people have said that. There are literally books that say that. Many of our listeners say that. I will refrain from saying where it shows up on our listener list, but um, you know until until we get there because I want to create some drama. But um, I googled. By the way, I googled uh, Pulp Fiction best movie ever. Uh, NewStatesman.com is the headline is 20 years on it's time to admit that Pulp Fiction is a bad film well that's because that's the hot take I remember when I was in high school I remember there was somebody in the dorm uh, I would you know sometimes on Saturday afternoons if I was really bored if I was there for the weekend I just go door to door see who left their rooms open and go see if they had anything interesting to read in their rooms oh boy <laughs> and somebody had a movie book that had a, it was that was ranked the greatest movies of all time and it had a Pulp Fiction number one when I was in college, there was a course on, cinema, on classes that I didn't take, but I remember paging through someone's textbook at, at school, and it, it, Pulp Fiction was, I think it was called, like, the class was called, like, Seven Great Films, and that was one of them. I mean, Pulp Fiction is universally considered, certainly it's considered the greatest movie of the 90s. Yeah, you're saying this so definitively, I, I, because I feel like I do that sometimes, and people get mad about it, but it, it's, it's, like, abhorrent when you say it. I'm not saying this is my opinion. I'm saying this is the general consensus. I do not have it, number one, or even number two This is two such a straw man thing. From the top paragraph on, on the Wikipedia page. 2000, uh, in 2008, Entertainment Weekly named Pulp Fiction the finest film to have been released since 1983. It has been mm-hmm. considered by many critics to be one of the best films of all time. The film ranks number nine on Empire Magazine's 2008 list of the greatest movies of all time. There you go. That's the point yeah. I was making. Listen, if I was still a teacher, I'd say Wikipedia is not a source, buddy. Okay, so should I click the, the citations? No, I'm all right. You're, the Writers you're... Guild of America. Yeah, what is the WG? I'll tell you what the Podcasters Guild of America says. Yeah. <laughs> the, Writers Guild of, the Writers Guild of America has it at number 16. But by the way, I'm looking at this. No other movie on this list is from our era. Uh, in the top. Oh, so the 15 best movies ever are pre-1990? This, well, this, okay, hold on. This is great at screenplays. But yeah, but it's Casablanca, The Godfather, Chinatown, Citizen Kane. You've never seen any of these, obviously. Mm. Annie Hall. I actually, I haven't seen all about Eve. Which I've seen Annie Hall stinks. If Annie Hall's on your 15, your, your list stinks. You've, okay. you've seen Network, so you've seen number eight on this list. Great. I saw Annie Hall on a plane last year. I don't know why Annie Hall was on the plane. But I've seen all of the top 15 other than All About Eve. I haven't seen All About Eve. So okay. Let me tell you yeah. all about Catch Me If You Can, my number 41 movie. Okay. It's good. Better than I Pulp Fiction, it. apparently. It's better than Pulp Fiction. Every movie forward, is be- I like better than Pulp Fiction. Again, this might not be the best movies. These are my favorite movies. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's totally fair. I just wanted you to acknowledge, yeah, I don't like Pulp Fiction as, most, as much as most people. Instead, you're like, oh, it's great. I have it at number 42, and you're not acknowledging how low you are on it. That's if I cool. hated it, it wouldn't be in my top 100. Yeah. When we did the first edition of the podcast, you, I think, uh, I was definitely in the lead among the listeners. On the last podcast, I think more listeners were on your side than my side. Sure. But now that you're hating on Pulp Fiction, I think uh, they're going to turn I'm back gonna to me. I'm going to get a lot more fans. Yeah, I do you want to so. give, give you want to quickly give us your fifty to forty one? Yeah, I'm just and totally you, break up the flow of the podcast. Michael Clark has Catch Me If You Can in his top ten. Jake okay. Larson has it in his top fifteen. Yes, people really loving that movie. All mm-hmm. right, so here's my fifty to forty one. Covered a lot of these already because our lists are somewhat similar. Number fifty, I have The Social Network. Okay, my problem with The Social Network is it's based on a really terrible book. Wait, so you don't have it to come? Oh, I assumed you still had it to come. Oh no, it's I hate it. I mean, I like the movie's fine, but I have like legitimate reasons to hate the Social Network. There okay. were two. There were two Mark Zuckerberg books that came out at the exact same time. One was like really interesting and well researched, and like she speaks to or he, I don't even remember who wrote the book, speaks to Mark Zuckerberg. And then it's like the guy who wrote the like the the the, the Las Vegas blackjack book. 
uh, yeah. that I think maybe became, became the movie 21 and the smartest guys bring, bring it down no. the house and he, he what he does is he like recreates dialogue and I hate that that's that's a novel it's a fictional well, book okay so you, I mean you really are really pissing off the listeners now because I guess our social network is very high on our cumulative list as well yeah but I listen Ofsenetsky uh, has it in the top 10 Josh Glowinski has it at number I, four. I'm tell, I've read both books. That book is literally garbage. I'm not talking about the book. I'm talking about the movie. I know, but it fo- but it, it it takes its sort of ethos from from the garbage book. Okay. Keep, so look, keep I going. have a couple of issues with uh, Social Network. Number one is written by Aaron Sorkin, and I find all of Aaron Sorkin's writing to be overwrought and completely artificial. Nobody sure. really talks that's like why, that. That's why whether wasn't it's West so into Wing, West Wing, and people yeah. were really mad at me. Yeah. No, but I agree with you. It's just it's nobody talks. And like also, that. Aaron Sorkin made the worst HBO show of the last thirty years. Other than maybe like Arliss. And then my other issue with it is that it's, it, it's so unrealistic. It, it, it's, not, it's not at all what happened, and it really portrays Zuckerberg in a very bad sense, inaccurately. As I think we've mentioned on the podcast before, I had an interaction with the Winklevosses when they made Connect You. Oh, I knew you'd name drop this. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, it's a funny story. Mayor's Chester dropping the names. It is funny, but yeah. you told it already. Yeah, exactly. So, but but that's but I sort of felt like I know the true story here, and and you know the Winklevosses, uh, whatever. I think they're douchebags, and they got sixty million dollars for doing nothing. So, congratulations to them. That having been said, so I, I'm not the biggest fan of this movie at all. I only have it at number fifty, and people have it way higher. But yeah, well, but now I'm telling you that it's a fine movie. I enjoyed every second watching it. Yeah, I believe it, I thought it was in my uh, also you know. Like, I uh, have it, by the way, as the number mentions. one movie of. Two, I have it as the number one movie of 2010. So apparently, I would have given it to the Oscar if I was voting. Okay. All right. At number 49, I have Bruno. Obviously, okay. not nearly as good as Borat, and not nearly as good as so much that Bruno did before he made that movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, a little bit like how, as we said on our TV rankings, you put the Ali G Show too high, sort of as a, as an acknowledgement of all the amazing things that Sasha Baron Cohen has done with those characters. And I didn't have Holly G show nearly as high as you did, but I think we've sort of flipped for the movies. So I have Borat, I assume, higher than you. We'll get to it. And then I have Bruno higher than you because I have it at 49. It's I don't know. If, it'll be interesting. I don't, I don't know if you have Borat higher than me. We'll see. Oh, okay. We'll find out. Okay. And then um, number 48 is Snatch. Have you seen Snatch? Okay. Can, can we pass on talking about Snatch? So you have it to come. No, I just have no interest in talking about it. I've never Wh- seen it. Oh, <laughs> what? Wait, are you serious? Yeah, I've never seen it. Have you seen Lockstock? Uh, I've like seen pieces of Lock Sm- Stock and Two Smung Barrels. I've also seen pieces of Snatch, but not the whole. That's our hashtag for this episode. Um, <laughs> pieces of Snatch. <laughs> I think, but it's. I, I, first of all, listen. In the Guy Ritchie Madonna breakup, I'm Team Madonna, so I'm not watching that movie. What does he do now, Guy Ritchie? I feel like did she I like know, end he him? Made, he made two of my favorite movies back to back. And so the thing about Snatch, and like I'm gonna piss off AB Sutton here, who's already been pissed off at me a lot because he has Snatch in his top twenty, and I'm not even sure if he ranks Lock Stock at all. Snatch is, is not as good as Lockstock. Basically, he made this movie Lockstock. Critics and it, it absolutely loved it. It became a cult hit. It was an amazing movie. And so the next year, he made sort of an Americanized version. So Lockstock takes place totally in, in London, where Snatch takes place half across in America. And, La- and Snatch is a bunch of his bigger name actors. You know, you have yeah, I've seen Lockstock at Deuce Yeah, Bell's, you, have, you have Benicio Del Toro and Brad Pitt, Dennis Farina, who I love. So I love Snatch. I love everything about Snatch. But Lockstock is better. It, it's to come higher on my list. And if you do like Snatch and haven't seen Lockstock, you have to see it because it's a, it's a pure, uh, you know, more, more distilled version. Of I think I've thing. seen, I think I, I, I know I've seen part of it, if not the whole thing. Also, there's a period at the end of the word Snatch in the movie. And it's strange. So the title is stylized, you're saying? Yes. Fine. All right, number 47 is a movie that when it came out was confusing because it was also the name of a wide receiver on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh, Randy Moss. Oh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. 
Yeah, and there were two Michael Claytons. Yeah, there were two Michael Clayton receivers in football and a movie with George Clooney where he stars a 16th year associate at a law firm. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I feel like the lawyer I, – I totally like that movie. If you're a lawyer, uh, you'll love it, it more. It's probably in my sure. top like 250. But yeah, you like that movie because you're a lawyer. Yeah, for sure being a corporate lawyer. And I'm not a litigator, so I have 47, Michael Clayton. Number 46, I have Happy Gilmore. We already discussed that. Mm-hmm. At 45, I have The Sandlot. We already discussed that as well. Mm-hmm. At number 44, I have In the Name of the Father, another Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Okay. Have you seen In the Name of the Father? No, I haven't. Such a good movie. I mean, this is... I don't want to spoil it. I'm just, it's, it's just a typical, unbelievably good Daniel Day-Lewis movie. He plays uh, a guy who's sentenced to prison. He's like an IRA guy, and he's sentenced to prison in England in the 1970s. Yeah, there are a lot of British accents in this movie. Well, I mean, everybody in the movie is, is Irish yeah, or British. Everybody, then you know I'm already out. I'm out. <laughs> Pete Postlethwaite plays his dad. Is so incredible in this movie. Most of the people in the movie don't have uh, faces on IMDb. I'm sure you're a fan of Pete Postlethwaite, right? Oh, I'm, I'm in the Postlethwaite fan club. No question. Are you being serious or sarcastic? I'm Team, team Postlethwaite. I like him. You know, he died a couple years ago, but... Yeah. R.I.P. Postlethwaite. This podcast is in his memory. What's your opinion on Brexit? What do you think about the Brexit? Really? Talk, <laughs> let's, let's talk Brexit. Are we talking Brexit for 30 seconds? Seriously? No. No, oh, okay. I don't care. Yeah, okay. So, so I'll say, in the name of the father, Emma Thompson, by the way, plays uh, Daniel Day-Lewis' character's lawyer. Oh, she's he, always a barrel, laughs Emma Thompson. Well, no, she's heroic in this movie. The actress, that, the person that she plays in real life, the real-life actress who did, who did defend Daniel Day-Lewis as well as a whole bunch of other terrorists, including, like, Al-Qaeda people involved in 9-11, mm-hmm. nothing, everybody is entitled to counsel, and there's nothing wrong with representing a heinous person. They have a right to a lawyer, and oh, representing them is righteous. I'm saying that as a preface because I want to say that the woman Emma Thompson plays is a terrible person in a real scum bucket, despite representing a lot of people who deserve lawyers. She's a pretty bad person from what I've read about her, and, um, and she's portrayed, obviously, very heroically in this movie as well. Okay, number 43 is a movie that I saw so, so, so many times for no logical reason. It's a good movie. It's not that great, but because I've seen it so many times, I have it really high up on my list. Ten Things I Hate About You. That's bananas. <laughs> I'm asking, do you want to pause and switch your list? Because that shouldn't be there. I also, I, I, I quote this movie all the time, which is... That's why you have no friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, th- th- there's really only one line I quote. You probably, movie. see, you could be making 10 Things I Hate About You quotes to me every day, and I wouldn't even know. And I've well, seen no, there, the movie. There, there's really only one quote I make, which is, I know that you can be overwhelmed, and I know that you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? Yeah, I feel like they didn't even invent that. And, well, they may not have, but I do quote. I frequently quote that because I frequently tell people that I'm whelmed when I feel neither over or underwhelmed. I'll say, "Oh, I'm whelmed." And then, if you know, if, if you had uh, had the chance, I bet you would have bought a lot of Julia Stiles stock when that movie came out. And well, do you, you know be... my do you know my Julia Stiles story? Oh, is this going to be some <laughs> brag where she lives in your building or something? Well, it's not a. It's really I, I'm portrayed. I wouldn't a, be if you if you told me she was your nanny. Now I would believe it because I don't know what she's up to. <laughs> she was on Amy Schumer's show. By the way, I take it back. Ago. She's I don't see her in anything, but she's in a million movies. She's not one of these actresses that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, so this is what happened. So I had never. I, I went to high school in New York City. I was a couple subway stops away from Columbia. I was in Uptown, but I had never once in my life stepped foot on the Columbia campus. I spent the uh, the Friday night Saturday with a friend of mine, Josh Berliner, in twelfth grade. This is the fall of two thousand. Mm-hmm. And he had applied early decision to Columbia and got accepted. So Saturday night, the two of us decided to go to a Columbia basketball game against Brown. That's a pretty wild Saturday night for senior year of high school, I got to say. So I had never been there in my life. Uh, That weekend, the number one movie in America was Save the Last Dance, starring Julia Stiles. Okay. Uh, Let me guess. You step on the campus and she's the first person you see. 
No, but I go to my seat and she was literally sitting right next to me for two hours. And so it was in literally. In the movie that she's in? No, no, no. I, at the basketball game. Why is she at the basketball game? Because she was a Columbia student. And, she, and her movie's like in the theaters and she's just sitting at the Columbia basketball game? Literally. Sitting directly next Isn't to me. Isn't she doing press or something? I guess it's Saturday, but. Uh, this is Saturday night at 7 p.m. I don't know. It was her very attractive friend and then her and then me. And then Josh. And I'm sitting next to her for two hours. And, uh, and we're like, oh, my God, that's really Styles. And it's like, oh, nobody's going to believe me. Because everybody – like, she was, like, the real famous person on Columbia's campus at the time. And then, of course, I go to Columbia and I immediately, immediately find her or sit next to her. And so I'm talking to Josh. And Just, I say, wow, such a coincidence. Just like when you went to Silicon Valley and, and you saw Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. I know. The first person you see is <laughs> – I know. It's pretty good. I have pretty good luck there. Yeah. Or you're just a huge liar. Yeah. Uh, oh, I could be a huge liar. Yeah, but I'm not. So I, had, I didn't say anything to her the first half. Okay. And then I say to Josh at halftime, what's the play here? There's two ways to go. Either number one is you play dumb, you pretend you don't know who she is, and you say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm a senior in high school prospective student here at Columbia. You know, what do you think of this campus? But, it's, but is that too obvious of a lie? Because, again, she's in the number one movie in America that weekend. So how can I pretend not to know her? But, or do I just be sycophantic and say, hey, you're Julie Stiles? You know? So the, uh, the resolution is that I said absolutely nothing to her for two hours, like a big wuss. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying wuss. It's not like I would have like, taken her out. It's... <laughs> Yeah. There's, there's no alternative here but I said literally nothing to her and then as soon as the game ended she was surrounded by like 10 year old girls who were like oh my god I love you but um, I did see 10 Things I Hate About You like the year before like 100 times and uh, I did really like that movie yeah so that's why it's number 43 on my list alright this has been a, uh, another edition of Chester Dropping Names <laughs> that segment should get its own uh, can we get like for next week can, can Chester Dropping Names get its own theme music because it's its own segment Happens every week at this point. It's funny because, you know, I live in New York City. I always hear from other friends about, like, all these celebrities they run into and stuff. And I'm always like, why does that never happen to me? And then I realize, well, it does, actually. Um, and, and I guess I mentioned them all to you. So, <laughs> Okay. What else, do you, what else you got? What else do you want to bore the audience with on this? Before we get to my next movie, a lot of people love 10 Things I Hate About You. Greg Graham has it on his list. Uh, Josh Glowinski has it on his list. Zach Brooks has it on his list. So you're hating on 10 Things I Hate About You, but it's, uh, a lot of our listeners actually like it. Okay, so number 42, I have just a really, really fun movie. It was Oscar bait in 2013. So many stars in this movie, you know, as you would expect for David O. Russell. And I'm speaking, of course, about American Hustle. Akiva, you an American Hustle fan? Warning. Hot take approaching. No, it's terrible. Ta- hot take? Why? No, it was, it's not even a hot take. Like, everyone knows it's bad. <laughs> It's, got, it's so They got unlikable. 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, it's the only Oscar bait is Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> okay, it's wh- terrible. What do you not like uh, What about do you America? like about it? I don't understand. Like, her accent was awful. It was like, the whole thing was incomprehensible. Like, we could have made that movie better. Like, there was something there, and there was okay, some really so, yeah, good actors. So, first of all, did you know anything about the ab scam scandal before? Yeah. Yes, oh. I knew like a little about it. I had never heard of it before I saw the movie. Not, but that didn't ruin the movie for me. It wasn't like I'd read 20 books on it or anything. Yeah. What do you think about the, the secret star in the movie that like nobody talks about it any, you know, until you watch the movie? Who, Louis C.K.? No, Robert De Niro. Oh, uh, I don't think anything about it. He, he wasn't credited, and all the reviews said, there's a huge star with a secret appearance halfway through. And then, first of all, the cast is amazing. It's the, the, it's the typical David O. Russell crowd. You got Christian Bale. You got uh, the worst one in it by far is Louis C.K., who's always the worst in these serious movies, because the whole time you're looking at him, and you're like, you know, what is Louis C.K. doing here? He gets, sure. punched, he gets punched in the face by Bradley Cooper, which is great, even though I don't like Bradley Cooper, and I do like Louis C.K. Amy Adams, everybody, every actor in this movie is great. It's, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, obviously. It's not the, it's not the best movie, but it's a highly rock, no, rollicking movie. No, it's not time. good. It's not, it shouldn't be in anybody's top 100. Okay, well, you're with the 7%. Fine. 
I'm with, you're the elitist, and I'm with the 93%. We yes. are the 93%. All right, and then number 41, a movie that a couple of our listeners have already complained about when you told them you weren't going to have it on your list. This is a movie with, with two singular performances, just a movie that you know really leaves you, you walk out of theater, you're like, wow. And I probably maybe should have it even higher, and that's Whiplash. Yeah, I'll tell you my problem with Whiplash. Yeah. You wouldn't tell me your problem with American Hustle. You just said you don't like it. So be more specific with Whiplash. Well, I've seen it more recently also. And also, I, I, I kind of wanted to forget American Hustle after I saw it. <laughs> okay. I have no, no I, I just think the, my, the Whiplash is great. And people are like, wow, I can't wait for you to discuss Whiplash because I love it. And it's my favorite movie. Glowinski um, has a top 10. Brooks. Yeah. Greg Graham. A lot of people. Uh, Parks has it uh, top 20 as well. 21. Why do yeah, you hate so I'm not going to be discussing Whiplash, you know, because it's not in my top 100. So just talking about it now, like, I, I think the beginning is brilliant. I really don't like the climactic scene at all or the ending after that. I don't want to spoil it if someone hasn't seen it yet. But, like, I don't like the... I, I, well, forget about those parts. The whole... It's ludicrous. Uh, uh, the ending was ludicrous. So forget about the end. What about the first hour and a half of the movie? It's, uh, it's really good. I think the first hour and a half is really good. But it, I would never rewatch it. It's, it would just frustrate me. Like, how close they came to making a great movie. I like how it's very unclear the whole time. Mm-hmm. Is he a good teacher or a bad teacher? Is the Miles Teller performance, I don't mean the acting performance, I mean the character's performance as a musician, is it because he's getting pushed by his teacher? Is it because of or despite of the teacher? And they're never sure. clear on that one way or the other. Chuck Klosterman discussed this a lot when the movie came out. He said how he really liked this movie because it was so against sort of the the public narrative at the time and that the teacher is abusive and even bullying, et cetera, et cetera. And yet the movie almost justifies that. But I would argue, I don't think it does. I don't think the movie is saying that the, the, the teacher pushes him to be better. I think he's good despite the teacher and would have been good nevertheless. But, and I was, I was a competitive piano player in my youth. And so I never had a teacher like that, but I did have a teacher who was very aggressive and would. <laughs> well, you just teacher. dropped like this insane. You were a competitive piano t- player in your youth. Well, this is editing out of the podcast. What does that mean? Co- no, it's staying in the podcast. No, Stop. no, no. I sound like and a douchebag. And you saying it's edited out is staying in also to show how no, insecure that's, you are. No, because I sound like a douchebag. Like, ooh. No, this is amazing. Uh, I will, if you edit it out, I will put 20 minutes of me and Rob talking about uh, <laughs> you being a competitive piano player into a podcast that a lot more people okay, listen fine, to. Fine, fine, fine. I'm editing this out, but I'll leave no, it No, you're keeping this in <laughs> too. People will get very mad. Superfan Robbie will... will <laughs> We'll flip okay. it if you... Well, anyways, uh, let me put it this way. If you were to define the first 14 years of my life, the first word you would use is piano. Like, I was, like, a very serious. I practiced hours a day. Holy and I, ca- like... can, I, can I come up with three words before that? <laughs> Nerd. Virgin. <laughs> well, I mean, you're 14. Just, I'll say biggest loser ever. <laughs> like, you were, what is competitive? Like, you did dueling pianos at a bar? What is well, it? No, no, no. Like, well, no, no, I'm, is I'm, it like I'm... the NCAA tournament where, like, you go up against another guy and the winner moves on to the round of 32 pianos? Like, what? Well, it's not head-to-head, yeah, no, there's ra- Yeah, there are rounds. There's a first round and a second round of tournaments all the time. Yeah, of, of There's tournaments in piano playing? Well, there's competitions, yeah. I had to go to my sister. My sister took piano for a couple of years. Yeah. And for some reason, my parents suckered me into driving to the city and going to her teacher, Mrs. Chu or something's um, recital. And it truly, other than people dying, is one of the three or four worst nights of my life. I was so bored. And there's, there's no, like, uh, they wouldn't let me bring, like, a Game Boy in because it's like Seinfeld. It's like you can't have the Pez dispenser in the front row if you're, you know, just sitting there. Yeah. And it, there's nothing to do. You're just alone listening to something that's really boring and you're not allowed to talk or make a move. It truly was one of the worst nights of my life. Well, that's I'm crazy. angry about it just thinking about it. Okay. Piano is horrible. Wow. Well, I just well Recitals so the, are terrible. The problem is that because... 
it was so, my parents were so strict about it and it became such a dominant thing and I practiced for hours a day and because that's not a cool thing to do when you're 13 years old, mm-hmm. I grew to hate it such that as soon as I was allowed to quit, I did, which is without question the greatest regret of my life. Why? What do you think? You'd be some like a uh, Pavarotti guy? No, 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 I wasn't. No, I wasn't nearly at that level. I have a cousin who's actually like, like at that, like not Pavarotti, but like, you know, who's actually like, traveling around the world. I was, yeah, I Pavarotti's was a singer, not a pianist. I don't know why yeah, I just, yeah, no, it, look, I, I'm not, ne- no, I know, but yeah, I, but I'm not saying I would ever like, I wasn't like a national thing. I was, you know, but, but the point is that playing an instrument is a tremendously valuable skill in life. And I wish I could, you know, my, my actually my favorite story is so there was a competition called the MMTA so there's like multiple levels so I, w- I was in the last round of the finalists and I was extremely sick I- oh boy good craftsman never blames his tools yeah and my parents were yelling You're at either, me are you sick or are you hurt this is the weird part I, I was 11 or 12 years old so I shouldn't have been crying although in this podcast we've discussed I cry more than I should oh but all I remember is I was crying in the car on the way there I was crying the entire time I was waiting to go on then I, I walked into the room I'm crying the teachers must have thought I was a psychopath I stopped crying Played the piece, got up, walked out of the room, and cried again. And the point is that the music had the power over me to literally completely change my mood for like those five minutes. And it's like I vividly remember this entire scene because of that. And then I won. And frankly, probably the fact that I was crying might have garnered sympathy unfairly for the other contestants. But and, uh, by the way, there's no way this is, nobody cares about this. This, this is, is the best story in the history of the podcast. No, that, that, that's this why is, I edited it out. This is no, this is the best story in the history of the podcast. No, People cares. are going to. It's amazing. I will re. If I'm telling you, if you edit out, I will repeat okay. the whole story okay. on the sign. I podcast. just want to be clear, so I'm not exaggerating. I was I was not a good piano player by like the standards of good piano players. I was a good okay. piano player by the standards of people in Minnesota, right? Sure. So like, I won state awards. I wasn't like again. It's not like I was. It's not like I was going to Juilliard or whatever. No, obviously the best piano player in Minnesota still like couldn't you know couldn't play it like a like a garbage bar on Friday. Hold on, night hold on. If, if we're if we're burying me as a nerd, we have to go one step further. Uh, so I was a geography B winner. Also, yeah, sure. No, that this no one's surprised about the piano thing. I'm stunned. Hold on, hold on. So, uh, so, so like the way it works is like there's the state finals for every single state, and then the winner of all the fifty states go to the nationals, right? Mm-hmm. So I finished in Minnesota at at the state championship, but I did not finish number one. But okay. I was, <laughs> but I was um, wearing. But but it's but there's one winner from every state. So even though Minnesota has five million people and New York has twenty million people, they both have one winner. Sure. So so I was so I you should I, you have know, moved to like Vermont and you could have won the piano so, contest. So I I did pretty well in the geography. I got lucky. Two of my questions in the earlier rounds in the state finals were about Israel. So I I got some luck there. But um, okay. So anyways, so I happened to be a, uh, in the in the yeshiva that I spent a year after high school in Israel. And my yeshiva is, has a reputation for nerdiness. Is that fair? What, Gush? Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean most people would say like 100%. Like my wife, yeah, when, she no, goes, for sure. when my wife goes to the annual dinner, she's much more strong in her description of the nerds. Well, the fact that you go to the annual dinner is actually pretty nerdy. Well, I support the institution. Oh, boy. Proud of them. Anyways, so uh, there's, a, there's a kid there who I will not say his name because I'm about to defame him as a huge nerd, but he is as big a nerd as one can possibly be. I mean, this guy is like, this guy defined. This guy looks like. like By the way, uh, just keep in mind that we're like six hours into a top hundred movies of the last twenty five years podcast before you th- <laughs> keep throwing the n bomb around. <laughs> All right. Um, so this guy like looks like Screech is a huge nerd. So I happen to be wearing the Geography B finalist T shirt one day in yeshiva. Like I'm going to the gym or something. So I'm just wearing a T shirt. 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I came to dinner and I'm still wearing that T-shirt. And this massive, massive nerd sees the T-shirt and says, oh, Alex, you were da-da-da-da. And I said, yeah. And he says, oh, me too. And then he said, but you were in Minnesota, right? I'm like, yeah. He says, yeah, that's not nearly as impressive. I did it from New Jersey. We have a much higher population. <laughs> he, came in, he came in first in New Jersey? I don't know what he came in, but the point is that he wasn't impressed that I was in the Minnesota. I'm fun. guessing you guys then put down your forks. And <laughs> we had a geography <laughs> off. And you probably had a geography off right there. And we both. And could, I bet there yeah. was like a controversial question, and like some like really s- super lame fisticuffs were kind of thrown, but it was mostly <laughs> scratching and clawing at each other. I, I, this is obviously correct, right? That's what happened. Well, the point is, I was a big nerd when I was thirteen. Okay, we believe you. All right, what movie? I don't even know what movie we're talking about now. Oh, Whiplash. Uh, that's all coming up, by the way. The whole last twenty minutes. No, it's staying in. I will be so annoyed, especially since the, my time is precious right now. It's you won't in. even you won't even know because you don't listen. I'm going to listen. I'm listening right <laughs> when you put it up. I will I will stop doing this podcast if you take out the piano stuff. People, it's the highlight of this whole show. No, people want to hear about it's movies. It's not so interesting. It's not, not, so not interesting just like, nerd. Not well, Alex Chester, thirteen year old nerd. No, that's. I'm telling you, people love it. Rob, oh, Rob will be furious <laughs> if I tell him that you took out twenty minutes on him playing the piano. <laughs> All right, what's your number forty movie? Number forty, Juno. Okay. I don't know how well it holds up, but you have to give it points for how original and great it was then. I'm not even the biggest Diablo Cody fan. I really like anything Jason Reitman does. I know he hasn't been on like the hottest hot streak. I'm, I'm a, uh, one of the few defenders of Young Adult. I kind of like Young Adult. I like Charlize Theron in it. I think Patton Oswalt's actually a pretty good actor. Uh, I like Up in the Air. Like I really like everything Jason Reitman does, he has done. Uh, Thank You for Smoking is good. Oh, except Men, Women, Children was abominable. Okay, so I like everything... Actually, his last two movies both suck. <laughs> I should have yeah. looked at IMDb first. <laughs> Men, Women, and Children was an atrocity, and Labor Day with Kate Winslet. Like, it's hard to make a really bad movie with Kate Winslet. I'm not allowed to mention Juno in my house, by the way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because... Why hates it? Well, she hates... Okay, th- this is also going to be edited out of the podcast. I'm prefacing. No, this better stay in. <laughs> All right, so today's actually the 12th year anniversary. So you know how before you get married, you celebrate the anniversary of when you started dating, and then after you get married, sure. you have a new anniversary, you don't care about the old yes. one? So today's actually the 12-year anniversary for my wife and I started dating. Beautiful. But my wife and I took a break for a year, and um, during that break, I had another girlfriend with the same name as her. <laughs> and so Same, same name as, as Juno? No, Jen. Her name is Jennifer, which is not oh, okay. my fault. It's not my fault. Every every parent in the late seventies, early eighties named their daughter sure. Jennifer, like totally with no originality. So that's their fault. But um, yes. So any movie that I saw with that girl, I can never discuss because my wife will get really upset about it. But how does she know what movies you saw with her? Well, because I think she said to me at one point, "Oh, did you see Juno?" And then I said, "Like you know, when we got I back saw to- with I saw with Jen. What do you no. How do you <laughs> refer to her as Jen? Is it like?" Hot Jen and other Jen? No. I'm not say which one's which. It's up to you. Well, it gets so this, but I'll tell you, but not my wife and not the podcast listeners. But so we went to see Juno, me and the other Jen, and it was New York City. It's a Saturday night. The theater's full. There was literally one seat in the entire theater. So she sat on my lap for the entire movie. So oh, that's great. So I wasn't paying too much attention to the movie. <laughs> All right. I hope I hope this is the first episode of the podcast that Jen listens to. Can you please leave that in? No, because I've never. I mean, I've told a couple friends that, but I've never. You know. So that's why. So like that's Jen- gotta stay in. You're giving this gold. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, because what, what if what if it gets back to Jed? Then she'll be pissed. The, 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 well, she the, won't the, care. What's she gonna do? Freaking leave you? No, but she, she won't. Sit like- on, she won't sit on my lap for another month. So <laughs> that's fine. Who cares? Who wants anyone on your lap? It's hot and gross in the summer. <laughs> All right. What's your 39 movie? So that's why uh, I don't have it in my top. That's why I don't have it in my top 100. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on that bright note, uh, Hotel Rwanda. Oh my god. <laughs> such, such a good movie when they get crunched under the car that's like oh boy that's like the 
that's like the curb stomp in American History X. Really like a transcendent movie scene that's like, ooh, boy. Really good movie. Not perfect. But uh, I just don't know why you'd ever want to rewatch it. But really... Uh, hard to nitpick. Uh, hard to nitpick too much about Hotel Rwanda. Very affecting. I have it number twenty nine on my list. I really love this movie. Um, twenty nine and thirty on my list are similar movies that I was sort of torn, which is better. Only two of our listeners ranked it, so it's a, it's, it was a movie that was sort of forgotten. I think. I'm also a fan of Don Cheadle. I think we've discussed that though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number thirty eight. Uh, American Beauty. If you told me it was number one on your list, I'd say fine. If you told me it wasn't in your top thousand, I'd also say fine because I do think it became a little like hack, like just the whole like idea of the movie. It's also like a little bit, I want to say like treacly, like it's not, it means to be like really depressing, but it's a little bit like too, it's not, it's not sweet at all, but it, it's a little bit too like, it's too much. Like the paper well, bag it's, stuff. It's, it's the really paper bag a- stuff has really been mocked. Yeah, you know, to death. Yeah. Tonight, like, and, Scott, and, Scott Pyle has this number three on his list. No one that's else. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's it's an it's when the first time you see it in a vacuum, it's a great movie. And I I have a you know a notorious anti spacey stance. I won't go within fifty feet of House of Cards, and I still love American Beauty. The movie made much more sense in nineteen ninety nine, like in the pre nine eleven era, where it's like, oh, what was me? I'm a wealthy American sure. middle class with a big house. Yeah. Now we got real problems. We got freaking Donald Trump. <laughs> Speaking of real estate, 37, a movie I, I truly love. Okay, and I, segues. I, Great segues. I implored uh, people to watch it this year because not enough people – like people were sending us like our 50 favorite movies of the year and this wasn't even on there. Like oh, they hadn't seen this movie and it's 99 Homes. It's just a much better version of The Big Short. Uh, you care about the characters, which you don't during The Big Short. And you really feel for it's, – it's just like the ultimate indictment of like the you know subprime mortgage era. Uh, yeah. And you know it takes you really in there. Whereas the Big Short, you're in, you're in, you're on Wall Street and not in, the, yeah. not you know in the homes in Florida when, where like waitresses are buying five houses. You assigned me to watch this, and in our end of the year movies rankings, and I did, mm-hmm. and I ended up ranking it as my number seven movie of the year. So I really like this movie. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I'll rewatch it for sure. Okay. Thirty six, Starlet, a movie nobody's seen. I think this is probably right. You know, we each get to make the other person watch two movies on our list. The other person hasn't seen. I think that I, I don't want to lock it in you, but I think this is going to be one of your two. It's a tiny movie. It, it's basically about a, a like a typical L.A. girl who befriends this much older woman, like a very old woman who lives alone. And I don't want to spoil the twist, but like the girl isn't exactly what you think, you know, for the first 30 minutes of the movie. Anyway, everyone should watch Starlight. Come back to me and tell me what you think of it. 35 is Gran Torino. I was just watching it the other day. Oh, what a delight. Clint Eastwood is so racist in this movie. It's insane. <laughs> and, and apparently you love that racism. And we, we, I, Gran Torino, everything he says is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life in that movie. It, it's such a delight. The scene, I don't want to ruin the ending. The ending is sensational. The fact that Clint Eastwood's doing this into his 80s is really... Uh, Amazing. And, the aforementioned you know, Spencer Parks loves this movie. this movie. Spencer Parks says this is number 13. Yeah, it's great. A 34, Fight Club. Wow. I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about Fight Club. How's that for a segue? Uh, th- 33, a, a documentary, The Queen of Versailles. Versailles in this uh, film is the like the largest house, residential home in the United States of America, this like super gigantic mansion from some like Amway type guy, not Amway, but something like that. Build this debacle of a house that's never fully built because they sort of ran out of money and it's just standing there and it's, un- it's the unintentional comedy is off the charts in The Queen of Versailles. It's a great documentary. Everyone who's seen it told me they loved it. So have you seen this movie? 
No. I'm not even going to give it on your list because you would like it and you should see it on your own. I'm not going to force you to watch it. All right. 32 is Memento. It's a type of movie that every time you watch it, you come up with something new. So rewatchability is off the charts. My favorite one bit of this movie is when Mm -hmm. he's running and he's like, why am I running? And then he sees the guy on the other side of like the, and he's like, oh, I'm chasing that guy. And then he turns in and he's like, oh shit, no, he's chasing me. Yes. Yeah. Throwaway line, but my favorite in the movie. And this is a movie a lot of people love. Jared Jerome has it in his top 10. Overall, it is definitely in our listeners' top 20. I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. And the bad news is I think we're going to have to stop now at 31. Okay. All right. What's number 31? Zero Dark 30. I, you know, I've read all the books about, uh, you know, the, the Who Shot Bin Laden stuff and... I've consumed a lot of media on that. And so I had very high expectations and also like a big knowledge base going to this movie. And it did live up to my expectations that Catherine Bigelow is a really good director. I didn't, The Hurt Locker is not super high on my list. I, you know, it's, it's not the, it's a good movie. It's well-made, but it's not the most interesting movie I've ever seen in my life. Whereas this, yes, it takes a long time to get to the climactic scene, but they really nailed it. You know, Jessica Chastain, you know, really dominates the movie there's no, none of the sort of marine guys the, the seal team six guys are you know there's chris pratt there's a lot of guys but none of them are are especially memorable i believe isn't gandolfini in this one also i don't remember um and anyway uh it, you know i haven't rewatched i haven't seen it since i watched it and you know who knows how well it would hold up to me the only reason why this is not viewed universally as an absolute like tier one a epic movie was the torturing controversy, and yeah, even if torturing didn't bring, didn't bring, you know wasn't what brought down wasn't what found the couriers that got to Bin Laden that found them and and let them, you know, kill him. It, it, to me, it ultimately that's not so important. It, the movie itself doesn't really. It's I don't think it's trying to sell you on torture. It's just trying to tell you what. At the time, the narrative was what happened, and it's a brilliant movie about, you know, that's hard to do because it's a real-life scenario, but they didn't make some action movie that was like a B-plus. They made like an A-plus, amazing, like, sprawling movie, uh, and I love Zero Dark Thirty. Okay, number 40, I have on my list Rounders, which we already discussed. Number 39, I have The Believer. Have you seen The Believer? Was it the Holocaust movie? No, it's Ryan Gosling. It's based on a true story. He plays the uh, sort of the top neo-Nazi in New York City in the 70s. This is pre-Donald Trump, and he, um, who's actually secretly a Jew. And it's again, it's a true story. The guy was brought up Jewish and became. I've a never neo-Nazi. heard of it. The Believer, Ryan Gosling, fantastic movie. I might have okay. said, well, I think you'll want to watch it anyways. But uh, maybe okay. I'll sign it too. I don't know. Yeah, if you don't, I'm not watching it. So do whatever you want. All right, number 38 is Fargo. Probably way too low for a lot of people. I think that is too low. Fargo is really great, and uh, if you've seen it, I don't know how. But listen, thirty I, at this point, I think we're in like the the tier. You know, well, all these are great a, movies, exactly. Yeah, like the, it's if you love movies, then this is thirty eight of the last twenty five years. That's that means it was the best or second best movie on average in a year. That's reasonable, yeah. with the exception of thirty seven. Thirty seven is the Notebook. The reason I have the Notebook is very simple. I have to make amends to my wife Jesus. for having Juno on the. No, but I, the Notebook is the first movie I saw with my wife that I was awake for. I saw the Notebook with my wife at the same time. My my grandmother also was suffering from dementia, so I definitely cried many times when I saw the Notebook. Oh boy, <sighs> number thirty six. I, I, I mean, listen. It, it just like just it, know that it ruins easy. the rest of your list. Like yeah. people will be tweeting to you like, "Haha, you wrote you have the Notebook thirty seven, not like your list is better than Akiva's." That's what you're going to be getting. Yeah, but again, but as you said, it's 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 the movies. It's my favorite movies. It's the movies that mean the most to me for one reason or another. So uh, number thirty six, I have, and you know, I have three movies about horrible things happening in Africa in the next like grouping. Number thirty six is Blood Diamond. Again, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Blood Diamond's fine. I, I, it seems like a little high for that type of movie. 
yeah. So I, I think also because my mother's from South Africa, and I thought the DiCaprio character, he does the accent really well. He used a lot of expressions, which I've heard my cousins say. So I, I thought I thought it was you know it was affecting to me. Mm-hmm. Number thirty-five. Yeah. So Ar- Blood Diamond better than uh, Hotel Rwanda? No, Hotel Rwanda is better for sure. Okay, fine. Argo number thirty-five. You've already said you hate Argo for some reason. No, Argo's Argo fine. One? I don't hate Argo. I don't even oh. remember it. If I had a take on Argo, I already forgot it, so it can't be okay. so hard of a well, take. Well, I know that you hated number 34, which I had as the best movie in 2014, and that's the Grand Budapest Hotel. First of all, you're not a Wes Anderson fan in general? No, I'm not a Wes Anderson fan in general. Okay. The Steve Zizou, like, no. It's, he's a little too good. twee. He's a little too twee. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't love all his movies, but the Grand Budapest Hotel is by leaps and bounds his best movie. It's so entertaining it's it's just it's a, it's it's a really 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 good effing movie. I like Rushmore, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, I like Rushmore also. Grand Budapest Hotel is better. All right, American History X. I have at number thirty three. We already discussed that. Number thirty two. We have L.A. Confidential, which you don't have on your list for some crazy reason. Uh, yeah, I lo- really love L.A. Confidential. I think it was maybe in my uh, also receiving votes. I don't think I'd ever rewatch it, but it L.A. Was really Confidential. Good. Great cast, right? Has an, yeah, has a 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. It is the highest-ranked movie on Rotten Tomatoes in my list of top 100. It is the only 99. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a hard movie to dislike. Uh, you know, there was a very small school thought that, because that was the Titanic year, that people thought that uh, maybe L.A. Confidential was better than Titanic. All right, and then number 31, another movie that you hate, The Rock. I don't hate The Rock at all. It's, it's a good movie. Yeah, but you didn't have it ranked, I thought. Okay, there's a lot of movies. I can't rank every movie. It's good. All right, well, so... That's my that's my forty through thirty one. So uh, this week we did uh we did fifty through thirty one on our list. So we next, have to finish next week though. Well, it's gonna be tough because we got to the top thirty, and then we also have a bunch of other. You know, we got to go through our listeners. Even lists. if we do like a bonus like second episode, I, I think. So, okay, so we'll see. Yeah. So, but if you haven't sent in a list yet, send us in your list. Rank. Tell us the best hundred movies or the best even fifty movies, whatever of the last twenty five years. Uh, you've heard mine and Akiva's lists from one hundred through thirty one, and we will continue with number thirty next week. Everyone's waiting with bated breath. All right, whatever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.